Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my next novel, War on Humanity. The long-awaited sequel to War on Halloween is finally here, and the stakes for the Dawsons have never been higher. It is available for pre-order now, releasing June 5th, 2023. Here is a brief description. Mike Dawson has returned to his family with ominous words, warning of a potential invasion. He carries the book, an arcane sinister tome with incredible power, and it's made him and his children targets. Targets of the government. They can't let the book or Mike's knowledge of it out in the wild, and Mike finds himself in the middle of a power struggle between multiple secretive agencies. He doesn't know who to trust as the threat of invasion looms, and a terrible discovery only complicates it more. They've found a second book. It's an identical copy to Mike's cursed artifact, with the same terrible potential, and it must be found before it's used to invite hell into our world. Now Mike and his family must find the second book, avoid capture, and stop the invasion before it's too late. The link to pre-order is in the show notes, available in print wherever you buy your books with the Kindle edition on Amazon. I've worked really hard on this one, and I would love for you to check it out. On to the show. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love episodes centered around obscure musical acts. I would not. That's not fair, Matt. <laughs> They're not obscure. I mean, let's be real. What exactly happens to The Simpsons in this? We'll get there, Matt, okay? Patience, okay. patience, young man. <laughs> um, Fly of the Concords are not obscure. Millions of people know about Fly of the Concords. You're Concords. right, you're right. The, They're not obscure, the, but the, they are the just... The band, my, my, brother, my, lo, my brother-in-law's band is obscure. Eight people listen to them. The Fly of the Concords are not obscure. And they've been on The Simpsons. They can't be obscure. Uh, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only... $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus podcasts for $5 a month, gain access to that and much more. It is the best deal in podcasting. I say that without irony. You get a lot of content from us. Well, you do get a lot, of, I, maybe too much. That might be the problem. There's just a fire hose and maybe someone don't, you know, you don't, don't want to drink from the fire hose. Maybe, maybe you don't have to drink at all. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop this analogy right now. This week's episode Elementary School Musical, episode MABF21, the first episode of season 22, Matt. Yeah, Season, I do not, uh, at 138-bit on Twitter, crunch the numbers, season 21 was our lowest rated season so far. By what? Aver- no by, way. By average, it was, the, we, it, I don't think it had any colossally, like it wasn't, we had none, uh, no episodes that were like at the very bottom of the, the, the best episode ever list, but we had many episodes that were very poor ranked poorly we'll see how season 22 better it does i hope it's better even if it's incrementally better i'll take it uh originally aired september 26 2010 written by tim long directed by mark kirkland received a 4.2 rating with 7.8 million viewers the chalkboard gag when i slept in class it was not to help leo dicaprio what inception man oh right 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 remember gotcha. the, okay. the film where they went into dreams and had adventures Heist movie set I, I in dreams. Now, 
Inception doesn't really make sense if you stop to think about it, but I do like it all a lot anyway. I do enjoy, you just don't worry about all the things that don't make any sense, which that there's a lot of it if you stop to think about it for even a second. The couch gag. A banner appears above the couch celebrating the show's 22nd season. A Fox executive approaches the family with a cupcake, takes a bite, and walks away disappointing the family. After 22 years, what else are you expecting from Fox? <laughs> right. Just someone to eat a cupcake in front of you. Um, this episode guest stars a laundry list. We have Jermaine Clement as Ethan Ballantyne, Brett McKenzie as Kurt Hardwick. They Them together are, they are the Flight of the Concords, um, which I liked Flight of the Concords. I thought that was a really good show. I like those guys. They're, yeah. I think they're very funny. Um, in The Simpsons. Uh, this episode also guest stars Leah Michelle as herself, Corey Monteith as himself, Amber Riley as herself. Then Ira Glass as himself and Stephen Hawking as himself. So obviously these people are from uh, Glee. Uh, were they the kids at the camp? Yes. Okay. Because they never say their names. <laughs> no, it's... We'll get there, Matt. Um, this episode is... Some of it is... I'll say this, Matt. I think this is the nicest thing I can say about this episode. Some of it is fine. Yes, that is, that is exactly how I would put it. Some of it is an absolute travesty, but usually when you're listening to a Flight of the Concord song, it's pretty good. Some of it is fine, meaning it's watchable, not good, but you go, oh, okay, it's fine. Then other parts of this are misery, and it makes me question, like, how did this get on television? Did no one stop this at any point? Speaking of, we start the episode <laughs> with people watching the nerds watching little kid nerds, not the not Homer's nerd friends from Homer goes to college. Not college nerds. Not college nerds. nerds. Yeah, it's the elementary school nerds are watching the Nobel piece, the Nobel prizes. They're watching all the awards. I guess it's just the ceremony. It's like we're only. It's just here's all the winners. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, they, they don't do it that way. Like, they call them early in the morning and that's when they find out. So I guess they're watching some of the phone bank. <laughs> it's just a construction, Matt. This is all construction. It doesn't, this is, this is the bad part of the episode. This, all this Nobel stuff and the crusty stuff is, oh, it's so awful. It's so bad. It is, it is like anti-comedy. Like if I, if you didn't, like if I didn't know better, I would think this is the Simpsons purposefully trying to do bad, like the worst comedy possible like you take the worst of crusty what crusty has become now and then you make it you double down on it uh, so they're announcing all the prizes and there's some very light jokes about you know betting odds for who wins the physics prize or, or whatever um and then they announce the nobel peace prize the main event you know which sure and it's it's crusty the clown Crusty the Clown wins the Nobel Peace Prize. Eh, 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 warning sign number one. What in the hell? That's putting it nicely. I mean, I, I Matt, I'm. This is one of those things that like shatters. Th- it, it is like a. It's like a, a litmus test, right? It is yeah. like it tells you honestly. This even just this this decision, like. Divorced from the utter trash that this leads to, this decision, like, oh, we're going to start the episode with Krusty winning the Nobel Peace Prize. This could have been anything, Robbie. They just needed to get Krusty to Europe. You could have had him on a 
You could have had him opening a crusty burger in Copenhagen or The Hague or wherever. No, see, I, I don't, man, I don't. That does not. I don't want crusty in this episode. This is. This should just be Lisa. And Art no, King. but I'm just saying. The, the fact that they start with the peace, the Nobel Peace Prize as a way to get crusty to Europe, I just – what in the actual like, – we often talk – I often talk about – you get one gimme per episode, one crazy weird thing that happened that I'm like, yeah, sure, okay. This is this this goes too far. Immediately. Crusty. No. He's like, nope, sorry. Failed. <laughs> Immediately where it's like, well, who's Krusty the Clown? That's the, I think that's the first thing is who's Krusty? How famous is Krusty? How like, and and this is ostensibly the actual Nobel Nobel Committee announcing these awards. Like, yeah, they don't really do that in real life. Whatever. And they okay. Oh boy. So, Krusty wins the Nobel Peace Prize. All right. Yeah. And like, yes, this turns out to be a ruse. But why on earth would they ever commit this ruse? Doesn't matter. Krusty's win the won the prize, so he is speaking to Springfield right before he goes to accept the prize, and Homer is the, there, the only one laughing at his jokes. And now to comment on joining the ranks of Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and Desmond Tutu, here's the man who always parks in my spot, Krusty the Clown. I'd just like to say this thing is worth nearly two million dollars. How do you like me now, Teen Choice Awards? Kent Brockman, Channel 6 and Channel6.com. Will you be flying to Norway to accept the prize? I'm looking forward to visiting the Arctic Circle, or as I call it, my wife's side of the bed. For the purposes of that joke, I'm married. <laughs> hey, you! Big Chief laugh at crap Meet me in my limo in five minutes. <laughs> uh, Arctic Circle! I just got that! <laughs> all right, all right, settle down. Homer, you're the easiest laugh I know. How easy am I? Shut up. I'm gonna need you in the audience when I accept the Peace Prize in Oslo. <gasps> Can my son come too? He knows what to do when I swallow my tongue. Eh, why not? It gets worse the longer it goes on. Like, yeah, I know the bit is that Krusty's not funny, right? Like, that's... that's I get it, right? But it it's it's a su- subtly difficult thing to do. Write funny, unfunny jokes. Yeah. And this weird construction where Homer goes with him... Why? Like, all, every step along the way, Matt, you're like, okay, they've announced Krusty won the Nobel Peace Prize. What? No, I reject. Oh, Homer's nope. going with him. Why? I reject. No, he's not. He wouldn't. Why would Krusty, like, oh, because he needs someone to laugh? What are you talking about? You don't do stand-up sketches when you win Nobel Peace Prize. Like, it's so, okay. So, Bart is tagging him on as well. Why? Uh, the, the show itself actually doesn't come up with a reason. The show just says, oh, Bart gets to go too. Yeah. It's like, there's so many better reasons that they could be there. Do you I, even need the Simpsons there? I mean, off the top of my head, oh, Bart's the the president of the fan club, so he gets to go. Or, oh, hey, uh, Krusty goes by himself, gets arrested, and then calls Bart as the only Matt, person to get him Matt, out. Matt, he, Matt, 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 Matt. I'm, you're real, I'm, like, 
valiant effort. Okay, you're really trying. I'll give you that. There's no way. I don't. I don't want. This is not a plot. This is the work. This does not belong. And this is a thing you were. If you're in a writer's room and someone says, "Oh, Krusty wins a peace prize," but it turns out to be a ruse, so you can get a so you can be tried for war for crimes against humanity at the Hague, I would go. Let's not do that. That's a bad idea. I would. Maybe I would try and be nicer to the person, you know, if I'm working with them. But I would say, that's not good. We can't use that. Uh, <laughs> put put that away. If we need B-plot, desperately need a B-plot for this this Lisa episode, come up with anything else to get Bart and Homer away from. Which is, I guess this is what, that's, this, is what this is doing. But Homer and Bart can be here. Lisa can go to camp for any reason. Uh, so Bart, Homer, Krusty get on a plane. They're flying... To go accept the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, Lisa is left behind. She's upset, obviously, uh, because, you know, this is like, again, this part is a minute long of Lisa, like, not being upset, complaining about being the middle child, um, and eventually leads to Marge taking Lisa to a performing arts camp to, as a surprise. Like, oh, you also get a thing, a fun thing to do, which is nice, but it is not, it has nothing to do with what becomes the quote unquote theme of the A plot. Theme is the importance of art in our lives, right? <laughs> and Lisa being like this misbegotten, forgotten middle child is a different thing altogether. If you want to use this time well, you develop more of Lisa kind of despondent over the lack of art in her daily life, about the lack of the magic of art in her daily life. You build that up here. You do not start 10 minutes into the episode or 15 minutes into an episode. You start now. They don't. That's because this is is a far more interesting plot than the crusty thing. Like, (laughs) way more interesting. It's it's coherent, Matt. Like, and yes, it suffers from way too many guest stars that do nothing, but at least it's coherent. It makes sense with Lisa. You're like, okay, Lisa, this makes sense. I I buy that Lisa is upset about her life not having a lot of art in it. I was once that child. I get it. I lived out in the middle of nowhere and didn't. I never went to museums. I never got like my library had no books. Like it's it's that kind of thing. Like I want access to like the world's art and I just can't get it. And that's a, like okay, I can buy that. They they but like they fumble this multiple times. We eventually get Mar- Marge eventually reveals Lisa's going to perform a performing arts camp, um, and she drops Lisa off. Lisa has no clothing. No, she's going to camp. No clothes. Like no for a week. I mean, you know, an eight year old one set of clothing for a week. Sure, why not, Matt? I like an eight year old would do that. An eight-year-old. Marge is an adult. Marge would send her off with like three, three times too much clothes. She would over-prepare on Lisa's behalf. Um, Lisa, uh, Lisa goes to camp. We see. <laughs> I like that you put this in the notes, Matt. This is like a complete afterthought to me. But you're like Maggie smokes a pacifier? Question mark? Question oh, mark? It's the dumbest joke ever. It's... Maggie is upset that Bart and Lisa get something. So Marge gives her a new pacifier. So Maggie takes out one of those little trimmers you use to trim the end of a cigar, trims the ends off a pacifier, and then acts like she's smoking a cigarette with it. I just, oh my god, that's not a joke. That's not even That's not even half a joke. I just... Matt, 
I'm not saying it's not fun. It's funny because it's not funny. Okay, it's very kind of it, but it's fine <laughs> for their content. Great, like I, I guess I'm just like Fair. everything involving Krusty just overshadows everything else. Like I can't. It's hard for <laughs> me. To, it's hard for me to have thoughts while I'm discussing the fact that Krusty is being tried for war crimes or crimes against humanity at the Hague, and <laughs> so we we see Lisa go to camp. And it seems like, oh, it's awfully quiet around here. And eventually she's introduced to the campers by song. Hello? Hello? Huh? I, I love the elegant pearls you wear. And the starfish shape that constitutes your hair. You be staying in cabin 12 And we think that you'll be very happy there You're gonna like Fox Camp Lisa Marge paid with her debit visa You're gonna like Fox Camp Education Robbie, we also forgot Ira Glass's little uh, guest starring spot where Lisa listens to This American Life. And I believe it's about fruits. That's the only thing that actually felt like as that actually felt like a solid parody of This American Life. Like I'll give it, it, I'll, it, it I'll really give on that because like that is the right amount of boring for This American Life. You know, like it's not I don't know. I, I think but that isn't that what you're going for when you listen to This American Life? It is. It exactly is. Don't you want that That's kind the of best thing of this episode? I was like, don't you want kind of like, oh, it's a little, it's a little boring, you know. That's okay, but that's what you want. You want it to be a little boring. Um, so we have here the people from Glee. I, did you watch Glee, Matt? I for the first couple of seasons, yeah. Okay, I never watched Glee. It's uh, absolutely the, the opposite of what I want to engage with uh, when I watch television. <laughs> Given our, uh, our earlier discussion, that makes sense. Yes, Matt and I, uh, well, off air, off air, were discussing a, a musical that I re- literally thought Matt had invented on the spot. <laughs> yeah, Firebringer, by the way, uh, for those of you who remember Vine, it was the uh, I don't want to do the work today. It came from this musical. It's very good. It's free on YouTube. Everyone should watch it, except for people who hate musicals and fun. That's that's me sometimes, I, I think. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I, ha- I do have good feelings about Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys, uh, which is what this song is, you know, set to. The song, like, their singing is okay. These campers are afterthoughts. They don't really matter because as soon as next act, we're, this is the end of the act, the Fly of the Concord show up, and then it becomes basically the Fly of the Concord show for five minutes or so. Um, maybe even the rest of the episode, if you want to say that. So the kids, these 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 campers kind of just are are there. They do some a little bit, I think, a little bit more singing. But other than that, this is fine. It, if the rest of the episode made like made more sense and did better things, I wouldn't even care. I'd be like, sure, whatever. We're at singing art, music camp, um, art camp, and 
Lisa's happy here. And this is like, this could easily be, oh, we're welcoming you here, Lisa. This is where you belong. This feels like family. This feels like home to you because you're surrounded by art and artists and people who value it the same way you do. I, they don't quite ever get there with any of this. Uh, but I don't like, I don't, again, this is unnecessary. I get it. It's just so overshadowed by the crusty stuff. I can't take it. I can't be too mad at it because the crusty stuff is literally as bad as anything the Simpsons have ever done. We go to commercial at five minutes and 54 seconds. Real short first act in this one. And when we come back, we find what this episode is really all about. Uh, it turns out that the camp counselors are the flight of the Concords. Not that they are actually that. Knock, knock. Lisa, I'm Kurt, and this is Ethan. We are the counselors slash musical directors slash community outreach liaisons slash counselors. You said counselors twice. We do a lot of counseling. Yeah, but we don't do twice as much counseling. Well, don't question me in front of the children. She can't hear us. We're stage whispering. I can hear you. No, you can't. Okay, Lisa, let's get your camp t-shirt. All I can teach is a medium. Well, I hope you wear a medium, girl. We should also find you a meal plan. Meal plan and late day. Plan my meals, bye-bye. Do you guys always do that? Do what? Sing what you just said, then play a little guitar riff? No, we don't do that. We never do that. Well, we sometimes do that. But very infrequently, late day. So, yes, this is our introduction uh, to Brett and uh, Ethan. Or uh, Brett and Jermaine, sorry. Ethan is the character's name. Uh, the Flight of the Concords. They are Lisa's camp counselors. They are not actually uh, Brett and Jermaine. They are Ethan and Kurt. Although, do we even hear their names? I think, like, one, obliquely, Matt. Like, it, it's, again, it's not direct, but it doesn't. Like, that's the weirdest thing about this to me. I guess you can't, because the way this ends, right, where you go back and you realize that these two guys are, you know, struggling, starving artists, literally. Sandwich artists, I guess they could not, uh, they could not help themselves from doing that bit right uh they can't have them be I the suppose. actual fly of the concords because the fly concords are rich or, or or at least i don't know about rich but better than doing better than these two regular guys singing songs at a summer camp right yes as we will find out right this is i again this we have ostensibly entered the flight of the concords part of the of the episode <laughs> yes and it's, uh, but we have to go back. Oh, no, Matt, please don't. No, we don't. Do we? Please? <laughs> okay. So, yes, I'm sorry. We, we have to go back to the Krusty Plow, where we find out the plane, the Nobel Peace Prize plane, totally a thing, uh, that was uh, taking Bart, Homer, and Krusty to Oslo uh, to accept the Peace Prize, is not actually the Nobel Peace Prize plane. It is the World Court of Justice, and they have landed in The Hague, where Krusty is on trial for crimes against humanity, which... If you've ever seen Krusty's actual, you know, comedy, checks out. Hi, Matt. This is... Yes, Robbie. This, all of this, from beginning to end, is uh. just so stupid. I can't take... Like, they're... Why? Why have this? What is What is this? Why is this here? Why are we watching... Why are we watching... A, why are we watching Krusty on trial for being rude occasionally like honestly that's all this uh, comes down to being rude and like why is this in this episode it's not funny oh my lord it's not funny <sighs> nope 
it's not. But we have to at least talk about it a little bit. Okay. I know. But we're done for now, because that's literally it. Uh, we find out that Krusty's on trial uh, by some, some Dutch people, and we go right back to Arts Camp, thankfully, uh, where we see a scene uh, with the kids at the camp who are on stage, and uh, Jermaine and Brett are helping them, uh, are preparing them to deal with hecklers. But their heckling is not great. Uh, they're very specific and their heckling doesn't make any sense because if you've ever seen the actual part of the Concourse TV show, nothing they do makes sense. It's, I mean, it's, it's there's the point of the comedy. Yeah. It's like, it's da da nonsense a lot of the time uh, with songs and, and kind of silly. It's very silly. It's very lighthearted. Um, this is this bit with about the heckling might be the only thing I have thought like approached humor to me, Matt, in this whole episode where they're talking about the, the botanical garden in New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only thing where That's I went, fair. okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. So uh, we then get, uh, once that is released, a song about artists and the kind of things that they bring to society. So what do you guys do when you're not camp counselors? We're highly successful artists. And as artists, we live in Springfield's most artistic borough. Sprooklyn. We spend our days acting and painting, dancing and sculpting, playing my Gibson, rehearsing my Ibsen. Because you see, young artists, artists are the people who hold up a mirror. Artists make society see its faults clearer. <laughs> artists help stamp out oppression and wars. And when we camp outdoors, we make the best of wars. Three layers, Mother Nature. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Artists end poverty with music and dance. Artists make art on the beaches of France. I never knew artists were all so amazing. Excuse me while I talk to this cow that is grazing. I give art like you give milk. Everyone listens when artists are talking. Because artists are smarter than Mr. Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah. Break it down for me, fellas. A brief history of rhyme. Do you think that I could be an artist in the city? Hold on, Lisa. Let me check with the committee. So what do you guys think? Yes. I agree. Yes, Lisa, you can be an artist in the world, so move to the city when you're less itty-bitty girl. To the gritty city when you're less itty-bitty girl. The city's pretty gritty for an itty-bitty pretty girl. <sighs> I'll just be up front. I captured all the songs because they're like the best part of this episode. <laughs> I think this is the best song in the episode, Matt. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Because it's it's a 50% true, 50% an absolute fabrication. And I love that they, they try and convince Lisa through song that they're successful artists and that artists are these people who have such wonderful meaning in the world. It's like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> well, see, this is the problem, Matt. Where is the lead up to this? This comes out of nowhere about the yeah. importance of art in life. And if the first five five minutes, you know, first act was all about Lisa in Springfield. Springfield, the small town, not big city, not filled with people that ostensibly win the Nobel Peace Prize that are so famous. A normal small town America where they don't value artists very much. And Lisa just sees exa examples of this over and over. You have to drum it, in, uh, drum it into her and us, the audience, early on in the episode. Look, oh, art's not that important. You know, what's important are people who, you know, plumbers and electricians and policemen and, and lawyers and, you know, whatever. That, you know, that kind of very, I don't know, capitalistic view of society where, oh, the people who do working, like the dirty jobs view of the world where the only value is people who get down in the muck. Um, 
she would need to face that and struggle with those thoughts at first. And like, oh, maybe like she obviously we know Lisa loves music and thinks it's great. And she maybe would face pushback through the first, you know, for five, six minutes. And then because of that, she's like, I want to go to arts camp as a refuge and convince March to do it. And then she goes and she's she's still feeling down and still kind of feeling oppressed and has maybe internalized some of those feelings, right? Internalized how, oh, art's not that important and blah, 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 blah. And then you have here, you have the Fly the Concords here to sing a fun song about why art is important and why art is great and why you need it in your life. But, but Robbie, then you wouldn't get all this time with Krusty. Oh, boy. I am so angry, Matt. You, you just are make you're pushing my buttons. You're doing this on purpose. I know it. I can't take it. <laughs> I am. Uh, so the song's good. I like the song. Uh, it just doesn't have a lead up, so therefore it it doesn't it isn't as impactful as it would be. Well, yeah, because like you said, if there, if there was something about Lisa, you know, being down about art and wanting to be an artist more and in the importance of art, then this would make sense and be great. But as it comes out of nowhere, so the whole plot of Lisa you know, comes out of nowhere and it's just, just, it's not as good as it could be. No, no. And after this, we are forced to go back to Krusty where a whole bunch of nothing happens. Uh, we find out that Krusty has to prove that he's made a single contribution to Western culture to, be, to avoid, uh, I forget, is he going for the death penalty or just, uh, you know, locked up forever? I can't remember. Matt, if you're asking me to recall. Okay. Fair enough. This stuff. Oh boy. Yeah, so there's a whole bunch of dumb crap about, oh, you know, this is what you know, the Netherlands is like, and uh, oh, you know, uh, we've got this. It's just, it's so dumb. It's so dumb. We find out that's what has to be done. So Homer and Bart set out to do that. Meanwhile, back in Springfield, or wherever this arts camp is, Marge comes to pick up uh, Lisa. She doesn't want to go, because obviously she's having a great time with her artist friends. Uh, and she realizes, that, oh, it, it can't have been a week already. And then she goes through what happened every single day. And it's the exact kind of things you would do at art camp, but seem kind of silly in retrospect. And with that, Marge picks up Lisa, and they leave. And we end Act 2. The art camp stuff is fine, man. It's fine. It's exactly what you expect out of an art camp. Right. It's fine. It's just the development of it is kind of non-existent. We come back from commercial 12 minutes and seven seconds. We get a very short third act. Lisa's sad for going back to normal life again. Uh, she misses art camp. And I honestly, I don't really have any problems with this stuff here. Um, we, and there should just been more of this at the beginning of the episode. Um, we get, uh, 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 some moments with Mr. Largo in band practice as Lisa under as, as Lisa kind of faces the fact that Mr. Largo is a very sad person. Lisa Simpson, please stick to the illegally Xerox sheet music. But Arts Camp encouraged us to spread our wings and fly. Lisa, I went to Arts Camp too. And all it does is fill your coconut with banana cream dreams that can never come true. How do you cope? Hmm. <laughs> Vanilla wafers, plum wine, and take it from the top. My country tis of thee. My job is misery. Life disappointed me. I'm 53. I mean, teaching children is hard enough, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine trying to teach them music. That seems extra difficult. The... Um... Illegally photocopied street sheet music. Matt. That got me. <laughs> that, as a former, a as a former, um, you know, child in 
very many different music uh, classes and groups in orchestras and bands, whatever. Yes, those. <laughs> who cares? Those st- you steal it. You don't want to have to pay. It's a very. I mean, to be fair, some of that stuff's very expensive to license. Like, oh, I want to perform the Harry Potter music. Uh, it's going to cost you lots of money. Oh, hmm. you have to buy the books and for every kid, and you can't. Oh, maybe we don't do that then, and just do it anyway. Because what is that? What are they going to do? Sue you? Probably not. Um, so this is a, like this is an actual like oh this is development. This is Lisa coming back to her normal life and seeing oh my art camp that all that the feeling I had there is not the same here. Um, we go back to the crusty plot. Uh, this is the search for evidence that Krusty has made a single contribution to Western culture. Bart is looking through old clips of Krusty and finding nothing. There's just nothing but Krusty being a terrible person, which is not good, but also you don't go to The Hague for that. This is so absurd. I don't care. This I'm, wa- I'm waiting for this to be over. Um we go back to Lisa, the thing I actually care about at least a little in this episode, and Lisa is at dinner with Marge, Maggie, and Grandpa. And we get a little bit of a dinner conversation and uh, a little bit of actual, real conflict and development in this episode with Lisa deciding to run away from home. No appetite, honey? It's just dinner conversation at arts camp was a bit more stimulating. One night, we spoke only in lines from famous poems. Because I could not stop for death, he kindly stopped for me. Emily Dickinson. No, I was just describing my date. (sighs) If you need me, I'll be upstairs saying goodbye to my dreams. My dream is to be able to walk upstairs like an eight-year-old girl. Maggie, your big sister is leaving for a more artistic life. I'll send for you when I'm famous. We'll take the town by storm like the Bronte sisters. Oh, Maggie, don't ever turn to. Maggie hands uh, Lisa a, a picture of a brontosaurus. It's it's kind of cute, actually. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of a cute moment. You Bronte, Bronte sisters and Maggie's like a child, a baby, so she hands over. I mean, that's still actually very... I mean, Maggie is a smart baby. We already have kind of established that. So, I don't have, I don't have a problem with that. Um, frankly, everything that happens in the A-plot is downright reasonable when you compare it to the utter trash in the B-plot. Um, so, Lisa's running away to Sprooklyn, which I hate that name, Matt. <laughs> uh, I hate the fact that they just take all the boroughs of New York City and just put SPs in front of all of them this is just Mapple again. Be smarter. Like, think of actual different names that still hearken to those boroughs, but are smart and are funny and are jokes. Sprooklyn is not a joke. <sighs> uh, we we go to our final commercial at 15 minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, surprisingly long fourth act for this one. It feels like like a lot is left to be wrapped up. Uh, and it happens. Um so uh, immediately we go back to Lisa. She has tracked down the Concords in Sprooklyn, and we find out what their lives are actually like. Lisa Simpson, what are you doing here? I came to share in the esteem that the world bestows on its artists. Uh, yeah. Mm. 
Boy, sure is cold in here. No heat. It's a uh, part of our art. Oh. More art. Ethan, look what I stole from work. Yes. Tomatoes? What kind of artists are you? Sandwich artists. But we get to eat any sandwiches we drop on the floor. Unless we drop them on purpose. They've got cameras on us at all times. Are you saying that arts camp was a lie? Well, not the swimming. Look, Lisa, I think it's time we sang you the truth. Artists are the least important people in the world. So whatever you do, don't be an artist, girl. Artists make a living dressing up like a falafel. Artists shed a tear when they're called something awful. You ain't no falafel. Artists sit in jail on a lifetime hitch. The only way out is become a prison snitch. Oh, why did I sing that out loud? What I don't get is why all the lies. We wanted you to think we were happening, guys. Well, philosophically, we're happening in the sense that we exist. Not for long, if we don't drop more sandwiches. So, yes, I really hate that the crusty plot has infected this plot, but Lisa finds out the truth, that artists are drastically undervalued in our society, and a lot of them have to, you know, scrabble to survive. It is a little heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. Again, this is a very strange turn. Like, I don't necessarily, like, why would they sing a song saying, don't become an artist? I think, yeah, it's just, it, it's fine. Leave that up to her. Just say, hey, if you're going to be an artist, understand you're going to have to do it in your part time because, you know, people don't value it the way they should. Or get very lucky um, with other, uh, other circumstances. Um, Turns out if you come out of the right orifice, you can be an artist. <laughs> what? Matt, Matt, like, of the many ways, like, <laughs> like artful or poetic or, like, even just not disgusting ways you could say it, you chose the worst way. Oh, come on. There's much worse ways. I don't really think I don't there know, are. Though, that's the worst one I could think of. I, Matt, I believe me, I've gone through the gamut in my head. That is the worst way you could literally describe it. Like, even more uh, more profane ways probably wouldn't be as disgusting as that. Uh, thanks for that. I really appreciate you putting that into my head. So, I, this is, like, at least this is, like, touching on something. I'll say that, right? Like, this is touching on the fact that we don't really value artists as a society. Mm -hmm. And these two guys that seem like a lot of fun and, like, they really treasure art are immediately shown to be frauds because they have to work at Subway uh, to pay the bills. And they steal sandwiches because that's how, which, I mean. Yeah. And, and yet another uh, another uh, uh, indictment of capitalism. Uh, oh, it turns out that uh, the people who are monitored the most for stealing things are the people who earn the least. Wow, how about that? Had the least effect on the bottom line. <sighs> anyway. You okay, Matt? You okay there? Uh, just, just being depressed. You know, the usual thing. Uh, okay, I got it. Uh, but I'm going to be able to be way more depressed uh, because we go back to the Krusty plot. Krusty uh, starts out very well. He's going to apologize. He says, I, my life has been worthless. I'm sorry for this. But halfway through the apology, he sprays the judge with seltzer and says, that's it. That's my contribution to Western culture. Copying what everyone has done thousands of times before. It does not work. Uh, the judge is very upset. And I, I guess Krusty was already in prison, but this is an extra hearing. I, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, Homer and Bart come in with the DVD that, they're there, that they are going to exculpate 
the charges against Krusty. It's on a DVD. So we get jokes about region one versus region two DVDs and jokes about, oh, my brother has a multi-regional player, but he needs it back for a real housewives Atlanta. It's just, it's interminable and could not possibly have been funny to anybody who wrote it. That's that's the best I got. I, so Matt, there is literally nothing worthwhile in this B plot. Not a thing. Nothing at all. Uh, correct. Absolutely nothing of worth. Uh, because it turns out it, it's going to get worse. That's the worst part of this. When we're finally able to play the DVD, we see that Krusty was a jerk to a promoter in South Africa right before apartheid fell. And so he was responsible for apartheid falling. And therefore, he should be lauded for his contribution. And they, the judge agrees. So Krusty is set free because... Krusty's selfishness just helped so much. Uh, but don't don't worry. We're not going to stick around on that depressing scene uh, because we get jokes about getting high and the judge wants some hash from a local uh, cafe inside the courtroom or inside the, uh, the justice building. Again, not funny at all, at all, at all. <sighs> anyway, mm-hmm. moving on. We go back. Uh, Marge comes to get Lisa, who begs Marge to take her back because Lisa now understands the uh, precarity of life as an artist in Brooklyn. The guys send Lisa home with a gift and their laundry. It's okay, Robbie. It's okay. Uh, So as they are driving out of town uh, across the uh, the Brooklyn Bridge, or maybe it's you know a Springfield Heights. I I forget which bridge to which. Uh, We see that the Concords have painted a gigantic mural telling Lisa that she's welcome back when she wants to be an artist in Brooklyn. How did they get there? Well, they have a nice conversation about that, uh, saying it's the magic of art, uh, and then they fly away. And that's the end of the episode, uh, with them flying away, thanks to the magic of art. That's it. That's the end of the episode. They just sang a song, man, about how she shouldn't be an artist. They did. They did, but apparently they want the artist in her soul to live on. So, yeah. I don't, that doesn't make any sense. Robert, did anybody this episode make sense? I mean, some of it, yes, it did, Matt. The the A plot up until this point made a, a semblance of sense. It doesn't have full development. True, true. But Lisa going, oh, I she Lisa going to an art camp, having a lot of fun, and then coming back to normal life and being disappointed. That is a semblance of coherence. That those are things that make sense. But and then she and like this would make sense if it was just these two dudes and they were like this is a sad reality of life. Um, but it doesn't necessarily make art un- not worthy of pursuit. It is simply... Uh, uh, Be it, aware it, that it's not going to be a lucrative or, pursuit or, and you or, might have to do it in your part-time. Or it should serve as a rallying cry and say, hey, you are, are young. You're part of the next generation. You you can, as you get, as you age, as you go through school, as you go through college, as you become an adult, you can help change this you can help change that perspective right and hope and help embolden art and artists as you grow is it going to be easy no but art is worth the battle that is ultimately what i you know would say and i feel like that's what lisa would say and 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 that's what they should be telling her like even if they're telling her oh don't be an artist lisa should be the one popping back saying yes but we can do better than that. She's a kid and she's the next generation. So you're right. She should be pushing back against them, but instead it's up to them to completely change their minds and inspire her. 
and it's I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's utterly baffling, man. Uh, I don't I don't even really care about the magic of art thing and them flying away. Um, if it led to a, like if them being like if like that could be the end result of this is oh they're they're like you know they're magical creatures they've come here to teach Lisa a lesson about the, the value of art and now they're flying away to their next adventure. I'll even take that, but. In this context, it doesn't really make sense. It just comes out of nowhere. <sighs> the crusty plot's over now, right? We don't have to go back. That's the ending. That is that, as far as I remember. That's the end of everything. Okay. Yeah, the I like Matt. When you said like I don't have to endure that crusty stuff anymore. Oh boy, it's like a weight off my mind and my heart. Even uh, this episode is challenging, especially the B plot. Uh, the A plot is fine sometimes. The, the couple of the a little muddled it's, as we've gone over, it's not a it's little fine. muddled man it's pretty muddled uh and it depends on your 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 taste for celebrity guest stars and how important they are because those glee got those glee people are there for no real reason they're there to sing a song and then they're gone um play the concords are basically just playing themselves except also subway uh, employees do you like that do you want that as a part of your Simpsons episode? At this point, I don't really care as long as if the plot was coherent and they told a real story about Lisa. But it does. Again, they just shortcut us at the very end. They're just like, oh, art's good, Lisa. You should care about it. Oh, okay. The whole rest of the episode doesn't really ever get to that point. It's a lot of telling, not much showing. Okay. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? I think so, Matt. I think it is. I th- unfortunately, I, I think it's just right on the other side. No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix. Quick fix. Uh-huh. I, that, the, the B-plot. The crusty stuff. I can't overlook it. It's so awful. It's just so bad. And in every moment, I am like, it is, it is like, oh, I, Matt, you know, there is that old, like, oh, well, would I, would I watch this episode if I, if I didn't have to for the podcast? Never seen this episode before. I'm never going to watch it again. And the, the moment it's revealed that Krusty is at The Hague, I go, nope, bye. I turn it off. That's, that's so dumb. What could Krusty have possibly done? Like, like uh, unless Krusty is, is doing a genocide somewhere. Where not, the, the, this is related to Krusty Burger burning down the rainforests uh, to, 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 you know, raise cattle. Okay, maybe, but come on. That's the thing, like... And I don't even know if they even thought about it, but the people who get tried at the Hague are like inhuman monsters who've killed, who have committed genocide, have done unspeakable things. And like, I don't like, I don't think they're like, I don't think they want us to take this seriously, but still think about what you're saying, man. Like, did someone go like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if Krusty was so unfunny he got tried at the Hague? And everyone was like, yeah. And I went, oh, boy, why? Um, the A plot, you just massage it a little. You, If you erase the B plot from this episode, Matt, it instantly gets 50% better because I don't have to suffer through Krusty and the Hague and whatever you want to call that. If you must, and you get that time to the A plot and let it develop, right? It's a good episode. It can be, yeah. And it's one of those episodes we always talk about where the Simpsons tackle a real life serious subject in a funny way, and it works. And it, and you're just like, 
I if why why like why the why why can't you do that then? I I just don't. How do you look at this episode and you go, no, nah, it's fine. The a plot makes sense, but we needed we need some Homer stuff in there, right? And Homer, what's crusty? Let's have crusty go to the Hague. Like who's this? Is like the the slavery thing again? It's like all these episodes where they purposefully ex- like go explore some terribly heavy dark thing and like try and make jokes about it and you're like slavery isn't funny guys crimes against humanity aren't funny there's no way you can make them funny you're not george carlin that's who it takes right the best of the best you're not you can't do it you're writing episodes like at a fever pitch trying to pump out 20 in a season you don't have the you can't do it stop please the a plot if it's developed you build it correctly where you give lisa that you set up where lisa's upset with springfield's art scene you she goes to camp she comes back she tries to find it and then realizes these two guys are struggling and that is what the state of artists in america that is something in this current state i go ah, there's sometimes fun stuff in it but other th- but the b plot is so dreadful it's like drinking it's like a poison pill like i don't like i, w- I can't recommend you watch this episode because it means you have to watch the crusty stuff oh boy yep Apart- they matt what go- like they willingly bring up apartheid for like no provocation there's no reason. They don't need to bring up apartheid. But they do because, hey, it's funny, right? I cannot imagine. I cannot imagine. Who who said that? Who said, you know what would be funny joke? If Krusty was the reason apartheid ended because he didn't like chips or something. You're like, oh, my God, guys, come on, please. <sighs> we can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I ask our, our patrons. Over there on patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. Uh, supporters at any level can leave a review and I'll read them on the air. First from Tim. I'm honestly somewhat surprised by season 22's opener. Elementary school musical had a lot of the vibes I found in the President War Pearls. Incidentally, that was the last episode to make the top 100, if barely, seven seasons before this. Seven seasons ago, man. Season 15. I know the story of Lisa being let down about what happens to artsy people has been done before, but I don't think by song did what the story of the two hipsters expanded upon. Of course, that time was limited because we had Krusty in the Hague. Arg. Two parts, two, number 200 for the Lisa portions. One part, number 400 for the Krusty, makes for a weighted average of 267. Canon, in spite of itself, and this would be much better if it just stuck to the artsy Lisa arc. Amen, Tim. From Derek. Annoying. Very, very annoying. Obvious, obnoxious drivel from beginning to end. That B-plot is unfettered garbage the whole way through, and then the main plot is really no better. I know nothing about Fly of the Concords. Oh, Derek. They're delightful. They're delightful men. But Or whatever. But based on this, I hate them. Hate them? I made me want to put my fist through the screen. Lisa was whining and irritating. The songwriting on The Simpsons is shameful now. Those classic songs are real showstoppers, but this is forgettable crap. The lyrics are once chock full of great jokes. Now it's something about Marge paying with her debit visa. Awful. That then, was pretty bad, yeah. I mean, it's... They kind of cheated by using a 
they use in good vibrations. Okay. That, I'll say that. Like, yeah. th- that's a great song. Uh, then there's weird sex jokes with Homer and Krusty at the start with the rocking car and Homer being an easy laugh instead of an easy lay. Bizarre. South Park, similarly titled Elementary School Musical, aired two years before this. It is funny, cleverly written with great songs. Far more worthy of your time than this track. Ah, that means I have to watch South Park, though. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. And I'm voluntarily, I'm just gonna, not going to do it anymore, man. I'm 37. I'm old. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. From JJ, this was a standard run-of-the-mill boring HD episode with only a little bit of spice added thanks to the Fly of the Concords guys who do their best with the mediocre material they're given. I think Lisa learning this harsh reality how hard it is to pursue a career in music and the arts is interesting. There's certainly no separate vocations. Uninspired songs drag it down. Also, is this even a musical? Well, you two songs in the first half. Either commit or don't. The B-plot was pretty bad. I rolled my eyes so hard at every lame joke about Europe. I'm actually a little excited, though, because I personally think season 22 is the worst season in the show's history... And there are at least four episodes I think could dethrone Codependence Day. Four? 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 I can't believe this. Wow. Oh, okay, JJ. Uh, uh, <laughs> that doesn't, I mean, don't do that to us, man. I don't really under. I, uh, oh boy. That's like, this is just dropping bombshells in the middle of this review of this kind of very mediocre episode of The Simpsons. Four. I mean, I'm pretty sure the dish rag, is that a dish rag episode of this season? Because I, I would get. Is that one here, Matt? Is this where we get? Um, I'm looking through the episodes. I don't see it. I don't know. If it's, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. If you title here, Simpsons dish rag episode. Mo goes from rags to riches is the name of the episode, okay, but that is not. not in it's next season. season, so season twenty three has the dish rag episode, which a lot of people. I mean, hate. we have. I mean, looking at the season going forward, we have Angry Dad the movie. Uh, Let's see. The Fool Monty. Oh, God. Flaming um, Mo? Yeah, that's the one I was looking at. I was saving that for last, but another <laughs> Flaming Mo. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll see. Uh, for, finally, from Dara, I don't think this is anywhere close to the worst episode. This definitely ranks up there for a frustrating episode. Every time it seemed to take a step forward and jump about a mile back following it, the songs were fun for what they were, but nowhere close to the Golden Age classics. But the end, I actually wanted to hear Mo's song because I knew the ending was already lost. Take out the crusty stuff and focus on Lisa and the arts. Give it an actual plot hook, and perhaps this becomes a good episode. But for now, I guess the low ranking of the best episode of season 22. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's right. I forgot about Mo's song at the end because it's about to get dark. I didn't want to talk about it, so I just didn't mention it. Fair. Uh, that's it for our patron reviews for comments on the news group. Thank you all for watching this episode, stomaching it, and writing a paragraph, basically, uh, about it. I uh, appreciate you all, even if you don't like Fly to the Concords. They're delightful. They're just so they're just silly men who sing songs. What's wrong? Um I mean a lot of their humor is based on awkwardness and for people who don't like that, I can see why you wouldn't like them. I think they're fine here though. They're not uh, it's not about awkwardness. It's just weird, Matt. It's just weird. It's not Uh, it's not it's not it's not uncomfortable. It's just weird. They you know, there is definitely a lot of most of the songs are very strange. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but they're not. It's not. I'm. Hey, I. I have a thing. I feel like a solid barometer for kind of awkward humor, and I don't think the Fly of the Concords does not set it off. Maybe it's just they're Kiwi, and you know, you're just not. It's the accents. It just throws you off. <laughs> nothing. You know, I get nothing from you. Okay. Nope. Nothing there. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. 
our listener question of the week this week is what is your favorite moment from season 21 and i was expecting low <laughs> responses low number of responses but i believe we have set a record this is worse than even like the weeks where i forgot to post the question uh <laughs> i don't see any responses from twitter so is it possible nope. we just got banned from twitter we did not get banned from Twitter, uh, Matt. They just uh, no one answered. It's... Oh, that's right. We're we're not. We didn't. We didn't pay Papa Elon eight bucks to be verified. So we're not showing up anyone's feed anymore. I don't think it's that, Matt. I think just there's just no. Uh, there's no one that had a good good answer, so they just didn't answer. It's not. There's we still get plenty of plenty of people seeing our tweets, as far as I can tell. It's mostly just like the question. If they don't have any good answer, they're not going to answer. That's perfectly fine. This is season twenty one. I knew it was going to get low answers because it's season twenty one. It was. I literally have already gone on record saying it's our lowest rated season ever. Uh, so I was. I think the statement it speaks for itself. The fact that we got so few answers, I I kind of like it. Honestly, please take it away. All right. First up is Tim. Uh, the five corners scene in the Bob next door. Fair. Uh, from Dara. TikTok by Kesha being an opening. Once again, my Kesha fandom makes me biased, but it was a very welcome surprise after this slog of a season. Uh, few, few, very few bright spots. Uh, from Andy. Bart gets a Z. This was my favorite episode of season 21. And then Nelson's quote regarding the school computers. My stroked out grandfather has more memory than that thing. Oh, uh, yeah. You got to hold on to what's good. Uh, from JJ, I'm going to have to give it to the Kesha opening. It's a strange song choice and not very fitting for The Simpsons, but the animation direction is impressive as it's all one shot from the school to the living room. We get to see several Springfield locations and so many characters, and the way they're all lip syncing to the song makes you want to join in. Despite the fact that none of us probably know that song, or too many of us, depending on who you are. <laughs> Next up from Derek, uh, this is probably the hardest season so far to pick a favorite moment from. I think I'll have to go for the Hitchcock segment in Trios of War 20. With 10-year-old Bart as a nonchalant murderer, it gives this off-kilter, uncomfortable feel that older segments had and that has actually been absent for some time. Apart from that, it's nothing to write home about, so it's a shame my favorite aspect of this season is nothing more than, yeah, that was all right, I suppose. <laughs> oh, for real. And finally from Brian, boil that cabbage down. Oh, brother, where Bart, that was a flawed but okay episode and my favorite of the season. Ooh, boy. That's a lot of low low cards in that hand. There you go. Oh, Robbie, what is your response? Don't pull a Robbie, Matt. Um, I it is this is a, it is difficult. <laughs> it's diff, it is a difficult thing to pick from. I yeah, I like I like Derek's answer. The 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 the, the Hitchcock segment in Treehouse of Horror was very good. Um, definitely the highlight a highlight from this season. Oh, brother, where Bart thou the Edna stuff in that is really good. Yeah. Um. I but I ultimately we rank that Bob episode relative pretty high for season twenty one. Uh. And I think because yeah, that's how bad season twenty one was. That's how bad season twenty one was. Um. But it, it. I think it's largely it's the Kelsey. It feels like that is a closer return to the Bob I like. It's not there yet, but it's better than the past three Bob episodes to me. And I'm gonna like. There's a the, a couple distinct, basically all the scenes with Bart and Bob together. Like it, it's a really fun dynamic that I think the episode did mostly good at. Not perfect, because I don't think there was anything in season twenty one that was perfect, but it mostly got there, and I'll give it that. Matt, what is your answer? So mine's kind of a strange one. I'm going to go with Mo Litter Blues, not for the incredibly terrible episode, but because it introduced me to a movie that I really enjoyed. <laughs> For those of you who uh, do not get our bonus episodes, Robbie and I did a Simpsons cinema on A Letter to Three Wives, and turns out, really good movie that they based a terrible episode on. It was a very, it was really good. 
Uh, it's it absolutely worth hunting down a movie from the late forties that actually is relatively progressive and really interesting insight into uh, nature of relationships and in perspective. Uh, it, definitely worth watching. Um, next week's question: Who is your least favorite musical guest? I have some predictions, Matt. I think keyed me in on one particular answer, but pick pick your poison in this particular. <laughs> Indeed, pick your poison. I'll post this question on all our, our all our social media: Twitter at Simpsons Joe Pod uh, on. What we do it on pay I do it on Patreon, uh patreon.com slash the Simpsons Show. And also you can email us at Simpsonshow dot Simpsons Show oh my god. Simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. I've been thinking about just starting a Simpsons show Instagram, but given my luck given our luck on Facebook, we got kicked off. Probably good to just get kicked off Instagram too. So I don't know if it's worth the effort. Uh Instagram's the social media platform I'm on the most nowadays, aside from during hockey games or pro wrestling, where I'm on Twitter. But is it worth it? Mm, is anything worth <laughs> it? It's, I I don't know. Uh, so that's next week's question. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I, where Matt and I tri- challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard to try and stump the other. I think my brain just stopped working in the middle of that sentence, Matt. Um, it's fair. It just happens sometimes. It just goes, you know. Um, I finished behind that by only a single point last season. It was very close. I'm honestly pretty happy about that. Like, even if it's close at the last by the last episode, I'm excited about it. Um, Matt, hit me with an easy question. All right, your easy question. In Three Gays of the Condo, what comedy musical star guests at the end? What? Why would you ask me questions about that terrible episode, Matt? What's because why? I thought Flight of the Concords, music, comedy. What episode was this person in? Uh, okay, will you ask me the question one more time? I think when you said the words three gays of the condo, I literally, my brain is went. <laughs> three gays of the condo. What comedy musical star guessed the very Oh, end? Weird Al. You are correct. Weird Al is, yeah. It's the only good thing in that entire episode, I would say, is Weird Al. Uh-huh. The only bright. The only silver lining. Your easy question, Matt, in a decidedly much better episode. In The President Wore Pearls, Lisa runs for what office? I believe class president. Uh, student body president, but I'll take class president. That's fine. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The entire student body president. Mm-hmm. All right, your medium question. What is the theme of the puzzle that the family does in the opener to Three Gays of the Condo? It's missing a single piece. It's so big, they have to do it in the yard. I want to say it's like a... It's like a wonder or something. It's like a big... like I want to say it's the Taj Mahal or the Great Wall of China. Like pyramids. Something like that. Um, I'll just say the Taj Mahal. Uh, you're close. It's the concert in Golden Gate Park. I don't... I mean... It's very nice for you to tell me that I'm close, Matt, but Taj Mahal and Golden Gate Park are not very similar <laughs> things. But thank you for your kindness. Um, your meeting question, Matt. What is the name of Springfield Elementary's French teacher? Um, I don't remember. Monsieur Bonaparte? <laughs> Lisa uh, insults him in one of her addresses. Um, Monsieur Kupferberg. Kupferberg, yes. Okay, that's right, yeah. Yeah. J'accuse Monsieur Kupferberg. Like, he doesn't actually speak French. Right, exactly. He, that's why he has like a Jersey accent. He's like, what's our problem? Exactly. 
You got that. All right, one. I remember now. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, your hard question. What kind of dog does Homer have in this episode for some reason? Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, you're making... You're, like, you're doing the worst thing possible, Matt. Because I know... I can, like... I don't know the answer off the top of my head. But I can remember why. That, you know why Homer has a dog in the episode for no reason? Because it's a gay dog and they're it's worried a, they want Homer to look like he's gay? Yes. Because of gay stereotypes. They're like, oh, we need to have Homer have all gay stereotypes while not being gay. <sighs> So now you're going to make me think of, like, what is the gay stereotype dog? And I hate having to think like that. Um, it's some frou-frou dog, of course. Some, like, poofy, right? Some poofy dog. like Or, or it's like a teacup poodle or something. Something associated. Okay, ugh. Um, teacup chihuahua. Like a tiny, tiny dog, like a Paris Hilton type dog. Um, I'm gonna say poodle. I'm sorry, Robbie. It is a Lhasa Apsa. Lhasa Apsa. Those are the, those dogs that look like a mop. I think so. Yes. Okay. All right, Matt. Your hard question. You ready? Ready. What two residents of Springfield do we see are former student body presidents at Springfield Elementary? Comic book guy and Otto. You're so close, man. Oh, I, I knew I was wrong, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure Otto was one of them, and I think the other was. It's Otto. You got Otto right. Okay. The second is not comic book guy. The second is Krusty. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember the picture now. Dang. Okay, fair. Otto and Krusty were former student body presidents, which I don't buy for even a little. Like, I don't. Why pick the, again? Like, whatever. I, I like the President War Pearls. I don't even know why I'm picking at it. Um, I'm just in a bad mood after watching the, all the. I think the crusty that like now after watching this episode with all this crusty stuff, it just has this negative connotation. It's not crusty's fault. He's not a real person. He doesn't exist. It's the, the he didn't write the episode. <laughs> um, that's both of us are tied, Matt. One to one after one episode. Um, I don't think these questions are actually that difficult for the most part. I think it's just we're. I'm. I will put. I will say. I'm just a big dum dum, and I think my brain doesn't want to work anymore. It's really unfortunate. I need to live, but mm. that's it for trivia. We'll have more next week, like always. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually combining a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. This is going to be impossible. It is because the the A plot fine, decent certain parts a little little muddled. Uh, the B plot horrendous, absolutely radioactive, atrocious. Um, that B plot's going to drag it down. I really don't want to do that. Like, like it just is. It's unwatchable, right? Like the A plot is decent at times, and I like the flight of the Concords, and I think. Honestly, how much you enjoy the A-plot is all about how much you enjoy Fly of the Concords. If you like Fly of the Concords, you'll probably think the A-plot's okay. If you don't, you're not going to like it. But yeah, the B-plot the B plot is literally like, it, it should go to the Hague. Like, that's the joke, is the B-plot is it should is like a crime against humanity. It's so bad. Um, we need, like, you need those signs they put... You know, they like not that they aren't even language. This or, like the signs they put outside of like radioactive waste dumps. You know, there's nothing here of value. You need something like that. Um, 
How do you balance that? I have no idea. Because um, honestly, I feel like the B-plot just does sink everything. It, it really makes this episode hard to watch. I'll, I will, I think like a, like a, a, like a compromise mat is like somewhere in the mid three hundreds. I'm like looking at like three forty. That sounds about right. Yeah. Three fifty. I don't even, I think it's, I think fat here. The thing is, I think fat, the fat the furriest mat is better than this. Okay. I, I would agree. I was actually looking around like, um, I think I would rather watch Homer and Lisa exchange crosswords in this. Yeah, I'm not sure about like Jazzy and the Pussycats and Homer's paternity coot. I think you're right. So I'm thinking I think like the 350s. That's probably a good spot. The good. What's the good? The sad and the druggly again. I don't remember. We Season did. 20 episodes are we all did, the same. We did. They're all the. I mean, that's weird. It's very like turned into a paste of just. Uh, that is okay. That is the first Anne Hathaway episode. Uh, who plays? She plays Jenny, who is the weird girl that. Bart tries to. It's like she's the nice girl. She's the like, she's sweet and does good things. And Bart tries to be good for her and things. It's a very mild, oh yeah yeah yeah. I think it's that's a good jazz jazzy and the pussycats. Which one is that? Well, I can't remember. Why is my brain? Is that the one where Bart becomes the drummer? Oh no! Yes, you're right. Uh, that one's bad too. None of these episodes are good. To be perfectly fair. Um... I would say this is better than Homer's paternity coot. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. I don't think it I'm like I don't think it's like the B plot just drags this. It's like an anchor. You t- it's like tied like an anchor around the ankle of the A. Because if it was just the A plot, I could see this up in the upper 200s honestly. Yeah, it would easily even in its current state, you know, and if you develop it a little bit, it could be up even higher than that in 100s. But they clearly don't care about that. Um, then the B plot is just so miserable that I just can't. I can't. Uh, Elementary School Musical. That's a new number 361. First time typing season 22 on this. It is a new number 168 in the post Golden Years ranking. Um, not a good episode. We're not a, not off to a great start in season 22. I'm really worried. After JJ's telling us four episodes, it could be rival for the worst. I can't imagine four of them. No, I mean one. I get okay. One at the bottom, sure. Four. Okay. Um, we're not done yet. Done yet. Done yet. I I try to say yet and though at the same time, and I just came out with done yo. Um, we're not done yet. We have one more question to answer, and that question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? I mean, there's really no reason to keep this, is there? I don't know, Matt. The A plot has a couple saving graces, and it doesn't like it this does, the, but that means we have to keep that B plot in. Yeah, I mean that's why we I'm... have to keep the history that Krusty was tried at the Hague for crimes against okay, humanity. Okay, 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 unfunny. okay, 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 Matt. You got me. All right. You got it. I was trying to be like, well, the Lisa stuff's worth, like, maybe. No, I've already said you shouldn't watch this episode. Fire the cannon. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, Matt, you're right. Is that what you wanted to hear? I I enjoy hearing that, yes. That you're right. You are right. This is, the B-plot is, it's, again... It's just so bad. It's not worth it. It's, it's, 
it's deplorable. If it was by itself, it'd be it would rival the bottom of the list. It'd be in that bottom chunk. Um, so that's it. Fire the cannon. Slightly feel better. Let it out of my system. Okay, we'll ask the same question about every episode as we're working our way down from the top of the list. We are at number one thirty-six, which is Lisa the Beauty Queen. A good episode. Yeah, it stays, of course. It's a great episode. Speaking Absolutely of, stays. Speaking of Lisa episodes, uh, Lisa the Beauty Queen, it's really a really good one. Um, very funny. Uh, lampooning uh, child beauty pageants, which... Oh, boy. If there's any episode they could redo and have some new insight on that, they could probably do that. Probably could. Lisa the Beauty Queen part. You do that. Um, so, that stays. It's good. Of course, this chase. We're not there yet. We're not. We're eventually, Matt. We will get to the part of the list where we're like, no, no. And it's not actually, you know, it's probably within a year or two. I think we're gonna get start getting to those episodes, you know, where we get to like, does that one need to stay? I don't know. I'm looking at them, and there are some of them where I go, mm, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. We're pretty lenient, to be perfect. I mean, we're actually pretty kind for for a lot of these. Um. I still have the Mogos from Rack to Riches wiki up, and I'm just looking at it, and I'm like, oh, right. They used Jeremy Irons to voice a bar rag. That's a crime right there. The, the incredible voice of Jeremy Irons, and he's voicing a bar rag. Okay, that's next season. Don't think about it yet, Robbie. You can find this list at our website. It's thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to everything we do, uh, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to our Patreon, if you want to help out the show. We'd love you. Love you forever. Our next episode is Lone Elisa. Lone Elisa. In this episode, Lisa helps fund Nelson's bicycle company with money Grandpa Simpson gives her as a part of his inheritance. But after Nelson meets Facebook, Mark Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg oh, is no. convinced he can be successful by dropping out of school. Lisa tries to convince Nelson to stay in school. Meanwhile, Homer gets addicted to buying expensive items and returning them. Hmm. Mark Zuckerberg is in this episode, huh? Hmm. We're, spe- we're speaking of like 2010, Matt. Think like okay. Just I can't. Okay, that's next time. Uh, try not to think about it, Robbie. Think about it next week. It's next week's problem, not today. Uh, before we go, you can find me online on every social media platform: Twitter, Instagram, blah blah blah. Robbie Dorman. You search my name, you'll find me. Um, you can follow me. Uh, I I even have a TikTok account now. I have a TikTok account. I'm posting TikToks. I have my first video of me unboxing my, the copies of my newest book, War on Humanity, the sequel to War on Halloween. It is out in just under a month's time. You heard the blurb at the beginning of, of the episode. If you listened to it, at least you can fast forward, which is fine. Um, I think it's great. It's a, a lot of fun. Uh, I believe Matt is on the record saying it might be his favorite book of mine yet. It is very, very good. And I I, I'm, uh, I, I hope you go and check it out. Go pre- Give me a pre-order. Get a pre-order copy for yourself. Uh, it's on Amazon or wherever you buy your books. Uh, Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. No, I spend all of my time taking care of kittens. Because it turns out kittens, like human children, are often just obsessed with trying to get themselves killed. Uh, you know, they're tiny, they're dumb, but we do our best to keep them, you know, growing to the point where they can be contributing members of society. Uh, you can see these adorable kittens at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram, uh, where you can uh, just watch as they grow from complete adorable fuzzy little morons into, you know, actual managers for your home or business. I'm Robbie. 
And I'm Matt. And you guys have it. Shh.